There's two things I want my army to do. I want them to blow shit up, and I want them to shoot people. Yo, life is what it is, episode five. Today, Dave and I are finding the keys to New York City, talking about heart transplants and Biden's weak pullout game. Thanks for listening. Like and follow for more. If people thought we weren't going to talk about Afghanistan today, they must have never seen the show before. What else can we talk about? <laughs> you know, for, first and foremost, I have to say I am so thankful that we have uh, our Mr. President Joe Biden uh, as the president right now because it just gives us endless content to talk about each week. You know, each week, Dave and I, we go through the news. And when we started this podcast, we were kind of worried, man, is there going to be enough shit to talk about? Well, in fact, it turns out there there is uh, and just a excessive amount of it actually uh pretty much if you notice you sit back and actually look at the news we have world-ending events happening every day and most recently uh the u.s uh withdrawal from afghanistan been there about 20 years yeah that went really well went really well <laughs> joe now 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 i feel like we should say i feel like we should joe's, say, joe's ability to pull out is a little weak pull out game weak boy we're gonna have baby av taliban everywhere now <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like everybody else, uh, we should never have been in Afghanistan. That's that's a common sentiment. That's the correct sentiment. However, we have just botched this withdrawal every way to Tuesday. We have, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the next time the IRS uh, sends you a message, hey, yeah, well, you got some unpaid taxes, you got some un- unpaid bills, you got to, you know, you know, got to settle up. You just say, don't worry, guys. I actually already took care of it. Um, I paid for some of the Humvees, some of the AR, some of the M4s, some of the ammo that uh, we left over in Afghanistan. So it's already over there. Just go pick it up. We'll be square. We'll be nice and even. Um, I'd like one of those Humvees. Wouldn't you? Those things are huge. You ever seen a real one? Dude, they going down, massive. they take up like an entire lane of the interstate. I've seen like a convoy of them going down the well, interstate. We're gonna uh, about to see a lot more of them once we have uh, another. Uh, conflict with the Taliban, which will probably be sooner rather than later. Uh, you know, I, I just saw a video this morning, and um, I'll try to find it in a minute, but these guys, um, uh, it was from 2009, and some uh, Marines or Army dudes that were over there, our guys, were talking about trying to tra- train the Talib- uh, Taliban, the, the Afghan mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. He said they were lazy. It was like it was like being, it was like trying to train a bunch of kids. And he goes, if there was a drug test tomorrow, they'd all probably test positive. And, and, you know, a, a sad thing is a lot of the Afghanis in the Afghani army uh, are illiterate. They have no education. That's, they have uh, no idea. That's something else he said. And I wish I could find that. I should have brought the video up. Really wasn't, uh, really wasn't uh, prepared for this. Well, re- regardless, it comes down to, you know, l- l- let, let's, let's be straight and even with everybody. This was never a uh, country building exercise. This was never a peace mission. This was an excuse for the United States to get access to two things, oil and opium. We did not care about anything else. We used the guise of 9-11 uh, to get over there and to establish you know, our power in the region. And, and now you've got thousands of people that are stuck over there, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think when you withdraw from a country, uh, you usually let the civilians get out first. Mm-hmm. I mean, how... Are these people not watching the news? Are they not following Twitter and going, hey, we're getting out at the end of the month? You know, it was for two months. You look at the map for two months. The Taliban were just taking over city after city. They were slowly moving in on the capital. You know, this country has always done its best to downplay the Taliban. And honestly, just about every other foreign force uh, present in the world. We always talk about them in such a belittling way with no respect for, for their power or uh, understanding of their local local actions or politics but man the taliban took over this whole fucking country real quick yeah they knew exactly what the fuck they were doing and i, th- I think they should be respected and you know you got you <laughs> it's actually kind of funny um the british army they're over there they're going out into the city they're getting their people out you've got uh the french who gave us mimes They've got more balls right now than our, our government does. Yep. Put, you know, and, and, and I think, um, I don't know, uh, I just heard it on the news. I didn't, didn't read anything about it, but uh, there were some Marines. There were some Taliban guys outside of the uh, airport, you know, fencing or whatever. Uh-huh. And these Marines, they were sh- the, the, the Taliban were shooting at these people. So the Marines took them out. Guess who got in trouble? Marines. The absolutely. Marines got in trouble. And then they... Um, uh, something to do with, uh, the, uh, S- I think it's SAS. It's kind of like Special Forces. Special Air Squadron, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Special Forces for the British. For the British. Yep. They, uh, apparently one of our woke 
commanders reamed out the one of those SAS commanders about the way his men are, are behaving. Jesus well, Christ. They're, they're in the, you know, I don't know. You know, there's two things I want my army to do. I want them to blow shit up and I want them to shoot people. That's, it's that simple. Blow shit up, shoot yeah. people, blow shit up, shoot people. Yeah. It's not that complicated. And you know, you got, uh, uh, Biden says, Oh yeah, you got to make your way to the airport. Well, I don't know if you've seen this cause this has just started happening. He started it on Monday, Glenn Beck, you know, the guy at radio yeah, show yeah, I'm always talking Beck. about, yeah, yeah. um, he raised $22 million in about a, a two and a half, three days. Wow. And he already had his private army his private planes, his private helicopters, and they are over there. They got a list of 5,000 names. They're all Christian people because mm-hmm. he's kind of a Christian dude. But they got a list of 5,000 people that they're going over and getting out of Afghanistan, and they're successfully doing it. On Friday, he said our first plane took off. They had to wait 48 hours because our, our, our uh, brilliant leaders shut down the airport because of the chaos. So here, here, here's a private, private citizen. He managed to raise, I mean, granted, he's you know, a well-known guy and has a huge following. Sure, sure. $22 million to go rescue people. He hired his own. I guess he hired like mercenary types. I mean, that's yeah. Contractors. That's, yeah, he contractors, hired contractors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's able to go over there and get them out. And so that's what they're doing right now. They're that's flying incredible. them. And, and he, they asked uh, somebody, somebody said something, you know, are, are they, are you bringing them here? And he's like, no, no, our government won't take them, but you would be surprised. He didn't say it or I didn't hear it. Cause I had to you know, go do something else. But he said, you'd be surprised at the countries that are taking them. Maybe he didn't want to say who, yeah, who the countries yeah. were just because, you know, the Taliban, they, they retaliate against anything. But, um, he said, there's a bunch of other countries that these people are going to be relo- uh, relocated to. And they're, they're basically people who shunned Islam and, and turned to Christianity. That's incredible. And it's, and, and, well, you know, Dave, it makes you wonder why these billionaires like Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Bezos and uh, Elon Musk aren't doing the same thing. That's pennies on the dollar for them. That's nothing. Yeah. And they could get so much. I mean, you know, they, they're fucking sociopaths and narcissists. They don't care about what really what other people think. But from a business perspective, it would make your company look um, incredible. Let me see. What is the name? Uh, yeah. The name of his. Um, this is actually something that he's been doing. Uh, for a long time, he helps people all over the world. It's a it's a fund that he has. Okay. But they needed this particular amount of money to get these people out, and it's um I forget what it's called. The Nazarene Fund. That's what it's Nazarene called. Fund. Okay. Okay. And uh, he, basically, he um uh went out on a Monday, and by like Tuesday or Wednesday, he had. Ten, almost $10 million. And it's supposedly the, the fastest amount of money ever raised. And he kept saying, we need, we need 20 million. We need 20 million, you know, and he was already getting the shit started, I guess, with the money he had, but they knew whoever these contractors were that he hired, obviously know how to run their operations better than our government does. Sure. Knew exactly how much money they needed to go in and, and make the flights back and forth and the helicopters and the, and the, I guess they had to, I guess they had to get some, uh, I don't know if they were driving through, you know, the this, this city or whatever, sure, but sure. They, yeah, they went in there and they, they were getting them out. That's incredible. So there you go. That's incredible. Wow. <laughs> a private citizen, you know. I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. I just don't get it. What's this picture we're looking at here? So, so ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, if you haven't heard, there's a pretty infamous picture now uh, of Mr. Joey B at what is it? Uh, Camp David. Camp David. Thank you. Thank you. He's in essentially the the Situation Room over at Camp David. And it's there. I'll describe the picture. Biden is the only guy in the room, which is never a good idea. If Biden's the only guy in the room, you're fucked. So he's sitting at the table. He's staring at this, uh, basically this monitor and it's a live feed. They're having a meeting with world leaders. And before we get to the actual conspiracy, these morons that posted this, if you zoom into the, to the monitor, you can see like uh, CIA, FBI, it, it, there's all this fucking information that, that people are going to extract from it. It was awful. But anywho, above the monitor, there are these major, uh, major cities in the you know world, uh, London, Moscow, things like that with Tyran with their, you know, it's just a world clock, Beijing, and they have the times. Well, Seoul. somebody noticed the times didn't match up to daylight savings time. They said, huh, that's kind of strange. So that means one of two things, either the government is so inept and incompetent, they couldn't change the times like they fucking forgot. Like, oh, oh yeah, we do have to change the times every fucking, you know, six months or it's an older photo. They couldn't do some deep fake photoshopping. <laughs> They're that stupid. They're literally that stupid. So, so ladies and gentlemen, either the government is so stupid, they can't remember to change a fucking clock every six months or the picture's a lie. 
daylight savings times. Personally, I think we all know that because uh, Biden's been up at Camp David for about a week and a half now. Ah, he came back. Well, he went back. They wanted him to come back, so he came back, and didn't then they and then they bit. and they yeah. talked a little bit, and didn't take any questions, and then he went right back uh, on his vacation. So, so let's let's be uh, <laughs> let's be clear about I want, what I want, this, I want. I want this job. Can I get this job? Sounds nice. How hard can it? it be? Well, see, and what what they're doing up there? They're changing his transmission oil, replacing the brakes. Uh, they're giving him a lot of IV, you know, it was stimulants, a lot of steroids up there. I mean, they they got to get this guy back up to tip top shape. He's had a rough week. Well, now, credit to the mainstream media. I don't think I'm ever going to say that uh, ever again. But George Stephanopoulos uh, interviewed Biden. He was the only only uh, network, only reporter to get uh, a straight interview with Joe after all this um, failure in Afghanistan. And credit where credit's due. Uh, the interviewer was railing Biden. He was not letting oh, yeah. him get on, on any yeah. questioning, and Biden was getting pissed off. And I've I've never heard an ABC interview uh, ABC interview conducted that well in a long time. So <laughs> I saw the I saw the uh, the the clip where he asked him, uh, "Hey, pull up, pull up. about the um, oh, man, what what is it called?" Um, he was asking about what's that what's that guy's name, the interviewer. George Stephanopoulos. Uh, Don't ask me to spell that. G-E-S-T-E-P-H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there we go. Because um, it's a great interview. It really is. Mine says he didn't see a way to withdraw. There's so much crap on you. And while, and while Dave's looking this clip up, I want to tell the people the correct way we should have withdrawn. Okay. We all knew we had just millions and millions of dollars of equipment and personnel over there. So... Before you're just like, yep, let's just fucking do it. Here we go. Take some fucking weeks, take some months to slowly get the equipment out of there. And people and people in the area will probably look around and be like, huh, that's kind of suspicious that, you know, they're taking out a lot of Humvees. They're, you know, breaking down some, you know, temporary bases and shelters. Oh, they're, they're loading up all the weight sets. Yes, there have been videos of Taliban playing on our fucking weight sets we left over there. Yeah, they're, they're, huh, they're shipping back a lot of M4s. That's kind of strange. But it wouldn't have set off alarms. As fast as, okay, everybody, just get in the fucking plane. We're going home. You, you know, can't do that. We spent 20 years establishing bases and get equipment over there. It's going to take some time to get the stuff back. Taxpayer money was spent on the equipment. Something that, uh, something that strikes me as odd is uh, they had they, the, <laughs> the Taliban leaders, and they, all, they always look, you know, I'm always shocked. at They must have a really stress-free life because they, they never, <laughs> none of these guys ever have a single gray hair. In their, in their, they always get these beautiful, long flowing, dark hair with the beautiful, long flowing. I never see, I guess probably because they all die young. I don't know. But they, I don't know if you've ever noticed that. There was just something I picked up on the other day. And, um, I, um, uh, anyway, they're, they're, they're having their, they're having their, uh, uh, they were doing an Al Jazeera, mm-hmm. which everyone knows that's a Taliban, you know, extremist mm-hmm. run thing. Uh, they were doing their Al Jazeera, you know, press conference after they took over and they were in the presidential palace. And I'm yeah. thinking, you know, don't we have bombs that like bust through bunkers and shit? Mm-hmm. We, we know where they're at. We, they're there. They're, and then they showed them like working out with the weights and, yes. and all this shit. I'm thinking, just, just, just bomb the hell out of the presidential palace and be done with it. Yep. I know, but we might, you know, there might be some innocence, but that's just called colla- oh, no, no. collateral damage. It, well, once we get to the end of this clip and stuff, I'll tell the people the, the real reason behind all this. But yeah, go ahead and play the clip. This yeah. is with George Stephanopoulos interviewing Joe Biden. States kick them out, how we're going to counter any possible threats and whether he thinks the Taliban has changed. What happens now in Afghanistan? Do you believe the Taliban have changed? No, I think, let me put it this way. I think they're going through sort of an existential crisis about do they want to be recognized by the international community as being a legitimate government? I don't think they're, they care, they're, Joe. They're, I really they're going, don't think they're they going, care. They're going through their existential, uh, you know, whatever, their over, over, their, over their pronouns. <laughs> I, do not, I, I do not want my to My friend, be, am I a knit or a he? Do not, I do not know. Do not I do call not me know. he. Am I he, she, it? I'm not sure they do. <laughs> but look, they have. They care they, about their beliefs more. Well, they do, but they also care about whether they have food to eat. They care about their beliefs more. And in lies the problem with with groups like the Taliban. These people are not getting paid to fight. They are doing it out of ideology. And you can never beat 
unless you completely wipe them out like mm-hmm. cockroaches, mm-hmm. you can never beat a group that's fighting ideology. Because they they're willing to risk it all. Yeah. They're willing they to die for it. They can make any money and run an economy. They care about whether or not they can hold well, Now, pause that. Pause that right there. <laughs> They've got their poppy fields. No, no. Rewind a little bit. No, no, ladies and gentlemen, I know you can't see it, but there, there's uh, an ABC cut to a clip of a Taliban uh, fighter, oh, yeah. ta- member of the Taliban, with an M4 uh, rifle. Now, before you start this, Dave, uh, I, I want to talk about this because this, this is uh, something that needs to be spoken about, and I haven't heard any news articles or any uh, agencies talk about this. Back in the day, you know, uh, they w- the news would always show these extremists running around with what gun, Dave? AK-47. It's the classic terroristic gun. That Even is. in video games, it is the bad guy gun. Everybody knows it. It's got the curved, like, banana-style clip. It's got the wooden... Uh, the wooden uh, handle, all that stuff. Have you ever held one? Have you ever fired one? No, I've. Uh, I knew a guy a long time ago that had one. He brought back from Vietnam, I think it was. Okay. So this thing was, you know, what they would call nowadays a ghost gun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he he handed it over to me, and I was so shocked at how how heavy it is because it's stamped out of fucking. But mind. he's like, you could take this thing and and put it down in mud and yes. water, and it'll still fire. Now. Let's talk about some differences between the American M4 rifle and the AK. Dave is correct. Those AKs, you can just fire it in mud, and it's fine. M4s are much more fragile. Uh, That's why they had a lot of issues with them over in the Middle East. The sand and stuff. Really, when you get back from, like, your assignment or your, you know, whatever, your work day, essentially, you have to go back and clean your gun because it's not going to fucking fire. Another difference is... AKs are much less accurate than M4s, and that has to do with the the quality of the manufacturing, but more so the difference in ammunition it takes. An M4 will sh- it shoots a 5.56 round. Now, Dave, you ever seen you ever held a 5.56 round in person? No. So, to a lot of liberals, it looks like a scary sniper bullet, but the bullet itself, <laughs> no, no, listen, the bullet itself is actually smaller than a nine millimeter bullet. Now listen to what I said specifically, the bullet, the actual projectile, the cartridge itself and the amount of powder is much larger. That's why, you know, when you, when you hold a, a round nine millimeter, it's just, you know, maybe an inch, you know, whatever, yeah. but, a, but a five, five, six, about two and a half to three inches long, which includes the cartridge and the projectile. So what makes five, five, six better or worse than nine millimeter? It's the amount of powder. A 5.56 bullet is smaller, but it moves so much faster because there's more power. Okay, so that's the difference. Now, what's the difference between uh, a 5.56, which the M4 shoots, uh, compared to the 7.62 round that the AK shoots? I don't know. It's a bigger round with the, pretty much the same amount of uh, powder. Okay. So you're getting both benefits. 7.62 is a beast of a round. A lot of special forces prefer the 762 because they know when they shoot somebody they want them to be dead right now well that's kind of the whole point of shooting people isn't it well yeah <laughs> that's so, kind of what now, my, now, now, that's now, what i want my there's guns a consequence with using 762 it's a bigger round there's more powder so there's a lot of kickback when you fire that rifle it's loud it's ugly it's aggressive and you feel that so if you if people ever pay attention to you know taliban you know when they're running through the street with their ak firing it it's fucking going up and down, up and down, up and down. It's hard to sh- hit shit with that gun, with that round, if you've never had accurate training. And especially if you don't have an accurately centered scope or any type of you know red dot or reticle, it's going to be difficult to hit stuff. Well, guess what, folks? If you can't hit somebody, I don't care if you're firing 5.56 five, or whatever. They're not going to die. You, it doesn't matter how much stopping power you have. If you're not hitting them, you ain't stopping them. Guess what? Now they're all running around. The Taliban now have all of our M4s with 5.56. Five, okay. Less recoil, higher accuracy. You're going to see m- so many more deaths. Their, their death ratio 
is their killing ratio is going to go through the freaking roof. Uh, I, I read that a lot of this equipment, because people are like, why didn't we get this equipment out? A lot of it apparently was left behind for the Afghan army, which turned yeah. out. And then they handed over the, the fucking Taliban. <laughs> I mean, yes. They didn't fight. It's like the Barney Fife of, of, of military. You probably don't know who Barney Fife is, but uh, it's an old reference to an old show. I have no idea what the fuck that is. He was an incompetent police officer oh, okay, on a TV yeah. show. So Biden, okay. They only gave him one bullet, and he had to keep it in his pocket. Um <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, all right. Do we want to hear any more of this? Because Joe just puts me to sleep. Yeah, please do. Please do. Care about whether or not they can hold together the society that they, in fact, say they care so much about. I'm not counting on any of that. But that is part of what I think is going on right now in terms of I, I'm not sure I would have predicted, George, nor would you or anyone else, that when we decided to leave, that they provide safe passage for Americans to get out. Beyond Americans, what do we owe the Afghans who are left behind, particularly Afghan women who are facing the prospect of subjugation? This ought to be a good answer. As many as we can get out, we should. For example, I had a meeting today for a couple hours in the Situation Room just below couple here. hours. There were Afghan women outside the gate. I told them, get them on the planes. Get them out. Get them out. Get their families out if you can. But here's the deal, George. The idea that we're able to deal with the rights of women around the world by military force is not rational. Not rational. Look what's happening to the Uyghurs in Western China. Look what's happening in other parts of the world. Look what's happening in the Congo. I mean, there are a lot of places where women are being subjugated. Okay, I can't. I'm about to fall asleep. <laughs> you know, Joe, Joe is, uh, you know, such a professional guy, just fucking diverting the question into his own narrative yes. bullshit. Yeah. I can do that. I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, yeah it takes some practice, but you yeah. too, ladies and you gentlemen, have to get, can be a sociopathic narcissist. You have to get really good at it, you know? Like, ask me a question, Kyle, any question, I don't care. Do you like Joe Biden? Anyway, you know, I was watching this show the other day, and it was about, <laughs> I don't know, I, I can't do it. I'm not a politician. What do you want me to do? Anyway, he's, yeah. So it's, it's a lot, it's a mess. It's a, it, it, it's a huge mess over there and uh, you know what this is what this whole week has been is an investment in the future now when i say that this is what i mean i don't mean that in a positive sense i mean that in an overwhelmingly negative sense so this is my each each episode i like to do a kyle's prediction uh dave and are you ready for this one kyle's prediction of the week, bup, week, bup, bup, week, week. There's a reason you know there's a reason we just didn't you know bomb our way out of there there's there's a reason it happened like this we wanted to leave behind a lot of equipment and resources to arm the Taliban because we all know what happens when there's a terroristic attack on this country from outside forces. The amount of patriotism the day after suppose, you know, that attack is through the roof. You remember about you remember how you felt oh. September 12th? You were ready to just to fucking go over there and just demolish and it's a little bit curious that um, a distraction, I always think things are done for distraction purposes. And, to control people, uh, correct. I noticed that there hasn't been a whole lot of news on the uh, southern border, uh, Mexico, well, our, our, our border. Correct. <laughs> and, and, and expanding upon that, there hasn't been much talk about COVID this week. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, who, I, I, where I, were I, the liberals in Afghanistan running around saying, oh, my God, you know, the women, the women have the mask on. That's that's well, a, that's and a his, burka and his, joke. Uh, but why doesn't everybody else have the mask on? So so going let me finish my point, Dave. OK, what's going to happen? Cause prediction. You heard it here first, folks. Alex Jones hit me up. The <laughs> Taliban now have more resources. What do you think they're going to do to the country that has been controlling them for the past 20 years? You think they're going to retaliate, Dave? Of fucking course they are. Now, what Biden's hoping is that he can get them to retaliate before his uh, three years are up, his the remaining three years are up. Because if he can get them to retaliate before that, he can send us back under the ruse of, you know, we're patri patriotism and all this world building, country building shit. And his uh, his approval ratings will go through the fucking roof. And if he can time that right before his reelection, oh, he's in, baby. Oh yeah, he's in. Well, you know, it's uh, I, I just well, it, you mentioned the COVID thing. Uh, him talk, he did actually. <laughs> it's so funny because he got blasted for it, and he did his first little thing when he came back from Camp David. Then I guess he did another one, and then he flew back to Camp David, and he uh, he brought it up about the booster shots. <laughs> 
uh, you know, <laughs> Kabul's on fire and people are dying, but and people are falling from airplanes and dying in the wheel wells. That's a of, sad video. Of, uh, you know, the DC, what, C-17 cargo planes? Yeah. And uh, uh, he's talking about, but no one cares. Mm-hmm. No one cares about COVID. I don't care about COVID anymore. I don't care. I'm tired of it. I'm done. I think, uh, I think, uh, speaking yeah. of, speaking of sad videos, the, I think the most recent one I saw this morning was really sad. Uh, it was, a, it was at like the fence around the fucking airport and there were these Marines up top the fence and you know, people are just handing their babies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jesus I fucking that. Christ. You, th- th- ladies and gentlemen, but to put this in perspective, imagine, you know, your w- entire world's about to go to shit. You're going to be living in absolute hell for an undisclosed amount of time and you just had a kid you know you had the kid you're like oh you know this is you know maybe maybe the country was in a better place and you're like oh you know it's time to have a kid maybe just happened by accident whatever but now you look at that kid you look at what your country is about to become and instead of thinking you know what let's power through maybe maybe this world will get better you've seen their atrocities firsthand you rather give your baby to a foreign stranger with the hopes that their life is going to be better than living living in your country. That it's uh, disgustingly sad. Yeah, the the guy that fell out that got stuck in the wheel well. Yeah, and they found his body after they landed. Um, he was 19 years old. He was a soccer player. And think about that, 19. So that means he was born in 2002, mm-hmm. maybe 2001, late 2001. Um, he has never grown up with this i mean he you know he he's never had he's to, just heard the story he's heard the family. story yeah. he's heard enough about it to to, to risk life and limb to fly in it because you're not going to survive if you're not in the Correct. pressurized part of the plane um and so yeah he died from that it's but sad it really is it's all sad you know what i want to talk about new, with york, it. new york city's vaccination passports for indoor activities new york new york new york the key to new york city uh they started on august 17th um, people 12 and older are required to show proof. Wow, 12? They have received at least 12. Yes, oh my God. That they have received at least one dose of the vaccine. Show vaccine me your papers, comrade. Yeah. Show me your papers. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting, though, because it, it, they have. Uh, this is, I'm reading this from the, uh, it's the New York NYC Health, the New York City.gov website and the proofs that you need is an nyc covid safe app which i actually checked the app out and all it is well i'm I'm curious of what it's collecting in the background but you basically take a picture of your id and of your thing and it just it's a simple way of keeping them in there so you could put like dick pics in there if you wanted to hell yeah it's it's really weird they got the Excelsior Pass, which is uh, more. What the of, fuck is that? That's more of a. That's more connected to the database of shots they've given out to people, and I think it has like a QR code that you can bring up on your phone, and they can scan it. Jesus I just think Christ. you know, uh, you know, bars and shit have a hard enough time uh, dealing with uh, you know, I'm sure fake IDs and stuff like that, and kids trying to get into drink or whatever. At least they did when I was I was yeah, growing up. Now they got to deal with this. Um, you can also show your CDC vaccination card, a little four by three card thing. That doesn't fit in your wallet. Uh, yeah, we can, or you can just send a, uh, take a picture of it. That was the one thing they did say. So you could have just a picture on your phone. Fair enough. Of that, and or a New York City vaccination record, which I guess is like their own health department uh, record thing. Uh, where was it at? Um, it, 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 discrimination complaints. This is funny, and. They're talking about discrimination com- complaint, right? So you're not allowed to have people in there unless they're vaccinated. So if you can't let them in because they're not, they don't take the vaccine for whatever reason, whether they've already had COVID or they have a serious medical condition that, sure, they're that keeps them from yeah. doing it. it. It says here, this is what's weird. It says indoor dining, fitness, entertainment venues must accept valid proof that you received at least one dose of any vaccine authorized for emergency use by the FDA or the WHO. This requirement... This is where it gets weird. This requirement may not be used as an exercise for businesses to discriminate against anyone who has a valid vaccination proof. I don't understand that. It may not be used to discriminate, but you're discriminating against people who don't get it. Sure, sure. And you have the right to be free from discrimination and harassment. (laughs) So it doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And um uh, I don't know. Uh, well, it, it, so, so, so I just, yeah. I, I, I recently heard an inter- interesting uh, statistic. I think only 28% of 
black youths in New York City are vaccinated? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so what are you gonna do? Be That's racist? discrimination. Yeah, yeah, you're being racist. What, what? So they they can't go to the movie theater? Seventy some odd percent of them. You know these these liberal cities and these liberal uh, you know politicians. They don't want. Um, uh, voter ID. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, well that's, but they want this. You son oh, of a bitch. oh, here, wait, check this out. Let's see. Let's open up the poster. Oh, there it is. That's the poster. I'm gonna hang out on my front door. <laughs> it says New York City requires you to be vaccinated against COVID-19 to enter this business. Those 12 years of age and older must show proof. And there's a little QR code you can go to to for more information. Ladies and gentlemen, on the off chance somebody from New York actually listens to this, do you meet yourself in this country a fucking favor? Stay at home. Anything you need, get it delivered to your house and hurt these businesses and your fucking city by not giving them money. That's all they care about. Well, there's some, I heard this guy on the radio and he's, he's an, he's, a, he's actually a, a criminal defense attorney and he's representing a That's bunch a of, job. well, he's representing a bunch of the restaurants up there. And he even said, he goes, uh, I think he was on Tucker Carlson and he goes, you know, I, he goes, what had he, he had a really thick New York, I mean, he sounded like a mafia guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this isn't even my wheelhouse. I don't even want to be doing this, you know, but they needed my help and I'm going to do it. And he, um, basically he's, def- he's suing for this because I mean, now you're turning businesses into people who are going to, you're going to turn, you, you've already suffered a year and a half yeah, uh, yeah. Of, of, of 15 days to flatten the curve. And, uh, you can't, you're going to turn people away that want to spend money in your restaurant? Well, well. so what, what, these, what New York City has done, they're, they're really smart about it, in fact. They have given the job of policing to these private businesses <laughs> that can't say no. It's genius. Why, why hire thousands of uh, people to go door-to-door and, you know, with the chance that they're going to get shot in the face? Well, it's in New York. Can't have a fucking gun, of course. But instead of doing that, just, just make the poor business owners do it. Because guess what? On top of just giving them responsibility, these cities, these liberal cities, they want all these privately owned businesses to close. They want the ultimate commercialization of society to commence. They don't want you to go down to mom and mama Mia's pizzeria, you know, where Jack and Linda, they own it. You've gone there for 20 years and make the best pizza. Fuck that. They want them to go into poverty and lose everything. They want a Papa John's. Well, I, I said it when, when COVID started and they shut down all these businesses. I said, oh, this is great. All we're going to have, we, we've been pretty lucky here, though, but all we're going to have left are, you know, your uh, crappy uh, chain yes. restaurants with the same stamped out food. Hey, hey guys, you want to you wanna go out to eat? Yeah, where do you want to go? Uh, R- Ruby Applebee's? Ruby Tuesdays? Oh, Charlie's? <laughs> you want Longhorns? Fuck that shit. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There, there, there's a lot, there's been, there's going to be some pushback on it. And it, yeah, unfortunately, I think, Oh, look at that. Look at that. We're, I'm, I'm looking down the article that Dave has pulled up it says report a fake, fake record. record. Yeah. So you can also, if you think it's fake, if you suspect someone is trying to use a fake proof of vaccination, now, now you that, can. That's interesting language. If you suspect, not that if you have proof or that you can prove somebody's using a fake proof of vaccination. No, it's just. Do you think hey, what what, that person you hate at work? Do you hate them enough to be a dick enough to get them fired like this? What yeah, if, what if you're up. just uh, what if you're just, you know, don't like that person? Yeah. yeah. Don't like Fuck the way you. the person's like, yeah. you know, I think this is fake. I'm calling. Give me a break, man. <laughs> Show me your papers. It, it's yeah, it's scary. It it's is scary. But I remember when this code, when the first lockdown started to happen, I was talking to a guy at work. I said, read my lips. No new taxes. Just kidding. There's going to be a lot of new taxes. But I had George Bush in my head. Yeah, Whoever yeah. said that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I said, read my lips. They are going to give us some type of, you know, identifier that we've been vaccinated and they're going to make the businesses check it. It's going to happen. And it has. Yeah. But it's yeah. The, I mean. The implementation of it is a nightmare. Just like everything this fucking guy's done. Because honestly, I, I mean, when you go to a restaurant, and believe me, I, I like all my bartenders and waitresses, but sometimes you don't really get the A-team on certain nights. I've sure. noticed some of the places I go to regularly, some of the locally small places, you go during the week, you're getting the B-team. Yeah. These guys have a hard enough time getting your drink order right. You think they're going to look at a, a, a vaccine <laughs> record and go, yeah, that looks real to me. <laughs> 
you know, uh, it, it's it's all fucking stupid. And, and at what point it's a if if a business is privately owned now now it's one thing. Look, if the government wants to become partial owners and all these businesses and give them support and resources because you know because they've shut them down for a year and the business and the private business owners want to accept that help, and then the government wants to say, hey, you took you took this help now you have to do this. That's one thing. That's completely different. But if you don't have any ownership in the business and how the fuck can you tell this business owner what to say? Because I fully believe if you're a private business owner and you say, you know what? My business is crocheting hats for calico cats only. And a guy comes in with a tabby and he says, I'd like a hat for my tabby. And you say, no, we don't serve that. They get pissed off. Go fuck them. They do, uh, they do have a way to kind of enforce this stuff, though. And because it's happened out in California to a, a couple of restaurants I've, I've read about over the last, I don't know, six months or so. Because um, when you have a business, you got to have a business license. Okay, okay. Uh, you also have so to have, like, okay. I, think, I think you have to have like a food service license too. You have, you know, you, oh, have, yeah. you have to have inspections. And that's what this one guy was saying. They come in and they pretty much harass him every week. Okay, until they, <laughs> they, 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 harassment into compliance. Okay. Pretty much, yeah. So that's that's where it's at. Hey, let's stick with New York. Um, uh, crime does pay, everybody. I'm just letting you know, crime does pay if you live in New York City. So apparently, New York City is launching a program to pay young criminal offenders a thousand dollars per month for participation, good behavior. Wow. It says here a, a New York City pilot program has come under fire by some of what local reports describe as a plan to pay young criminal offenders a thousand dollars each month for their continued involvement in the program and good behavior. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> the Big Apple, the Big Apple's months long plan to try out the advanced peace model. Oh, that's <laughs> that'd be the APM. They need an acronym, man. Everything needs a good yeah. acronym. We'll call it the APM from now on is reaching fruition this month after Mayor Bill de Blasio and public advocate Jemaine Jamon Williams first announced in uh, March, their intentions to pilot the program, according to the report uh, by The Trace. The program is tested through five police precincts, one in each of the New York City boroughs, according to the mayor's office uh, from a press release in March. De Blasio said during a press conference at the time that Williams approached him about utilizing the advanced peace model, the APM. <laughs> See, they got to get me right in this stuff, yeah. man. I, I, you know, you I, make it sound so much better. APM. You got to have a, you got to have your, yeah, you need your, you need your initials. This is under the pile. <laughs> Under the pilot, the city will conduct outreach in areas with high levels of gun violence to identify youth Dave, who are at risk for gun violence. I didn't think there was any gun violence in New York. They got no, rid of it. They solved it, right? Not. Dave, don't, don't, don't tell me. Are you fucking kidding me? They're shooting it up. But they do uh, select individuals. They're invited to join the Peacemaker Fellowship. The, wait, oh, well, well the, peace, the Peacemaker Fellowship. So that would be the PMF. Okay, yeah. that doesn't work. The PMF. <laughs> Which pairs ment Manatees. mentees. <laughs> I've never heard that word. Is that is that? Yeah, like a mentor and a mentee. Uh, is that what that is? Yeah. Okay. Mentees. Like, like a big brother, big sister situation. With individual neighborhood change agents, the NCA. <laughs> the INCA. <laughs> the, I the INCA. Hi there, folks. I'm, I'm the, the local INCA who mentor them agent. and set tangible goals like driver's licenses. Oh, my God. Or a GED. Oh, wait. They're going to get them driver's license so they can vote without an I with their ID. <sighs> Brilliant. So yeah, so crime does pay. You I'll, know, I would love to read, you know, okay, these these pieces of shit in these communities go out and get their mail and it says, congratulations, you've been improved for free money. We've noticed you've committed uh, multiple felonies and misdemeanors in the past. Would you like free money? Would you like to say, hell yeah, bitch. All you have so, so, to do so Dave, is stay out of trouble. Dave, I'm hoping, because we live in a completely rational world, if we read further enough down in the article, there will be something about giving more money to people that aren't bad, right? Please, Dave, tell me so. No. What? No, it's just your tax money. Oh. Uh, they, uh, they did a lot of uh, allocated uh, $1 million toward, 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 listen to me, toward the pilot program, $1,000 a month. Dave, did... Thousand dollars a did month. Did anybody help you get your driver's license? Or did you? No. Do, yeah, I got mine. Dave, no. did you graduate? Uh, yeah, we. Motherfucker, if they had a program like this, I would have been shooting shit up left and right and being like, "All right, now can I get in the program?" <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's it well, is. Dave, you've you've you heard go. about like in California, like if if you steal something that's less than nine hundred fifty dollars, like 
you're not prosecuted. They don't even call the cops. Nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cl- yeah. I read yeah. that. Where's that? Uh, where's that article? Yeah. So, at? so, so for those that don't know, I think it's Proposition, Proposition Forty Seven. Yes. Uh, petty thefts were such a. Such it's in a, California. Yes. Yeah, so, well, you know, I feel like all we talk about is California and fucking New York. That's because New York and California. We can start talking about New Orleans too, because they're doing <laughs> vaccine passports here in a minute. Um, but basically, uh, it, it, the Proposition Forty Seven prevents any prosecution on uh, perpetrators that steal merchandise that is valued less than $950. Well, it's felony prosecution. Felony, yeah. Because you read me. down, and it's uh, apparently, uh, who, who did they say? What was the actor? Uh, Adam Carolla. Like anybody could, you know, he's a funny guy. Take him seriously. He made a comment that it, it you know, you can't be prosecuted for less than that. It's for felony charges. But still. But still. I, I watched a video, a guy was- 950 a, bucks. That's Think a lot. You could get, that's a lot of Maybelline. You know what? I could get two big 55-inch HDTVs for, for that. They, some guy, some and YouTuber was talking to a security guard at the CVS. And he goes, he goes, tell me about you know, how Proposition 47's changed. And this security guard rolls his eyes. He's like, man, I can't do anything. The employees aren't allowed to like, stop them or call the cops or they'll get fired. He's like, an hour before you got here, some guy just walked in with the bag, filled it up, and walked out. And walked out. Easy as that, folks. Hey, look, you want to change your hair color? There's literally nothing stopping you now. If you're in California, go live it up. Go get your, go get your box, ladies. <laughs> get your nails did for free on, on taxpayer dime. Yeah. Yeah, it says right here, um, who's, who is this? I don't know who's quoting it. Oh, Charles Kerb, Kerbrin, professor of criminology at the University of California. Oh, God, okay, oh, yeah, God. I'm sure that's useful. He says uh, what Prop 47 did was take very low-level crimes like petty theft, some petty drug offenses, petty larceny, and classify them as misdemeanors rather than felonies. You know, they use that word petty, mm-hmm. but if you've ever been robbed, you know, theft, mm-hmm. that's the same as robbery, uh, it's not petty to the person getting fucking robbed. Correct. It's not petty. It, you know, it kind of, kind of fucks you up for a while. We, we recently had, um, at my job, we, where, where I work, we, we're around customers about an hour until we close up and the store is empty. This, this lady with her, uh, with her little kid walks in and it's kind of suspicious. Like she's got a backpack on, you know, it just, if, if you're around retail enough, you can kind of spot the people that are doing something they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, this this bitch tries to walk out with chicken wings underneath her shirt, <laughs> and we all stop. Like and get cooked manager. chicken wings? No, raw. No, the raw ones. Yeah, which makes okay. it even more disgusting. She's just trying to feed her family, Kyle. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. let her go. No. Well, you, well, no, no, no. You think oh, tackling her? At oh, the front. we did. Oh, you did. Okay. I would have loved to tackle the bitch and say, "Get the <laughs> fuck out of here, you piece of shit." Well, guess what? Yeah, we let her go without calling the cops. And I was asking, you know, the the store manager, you know, like, what's up with that? He's like, Kyle is not worth it. Of course she. I'm not going to tell you what race she was, but you already know. He goes, it's not worth it. She'll just yell discrimination, and it'll be a big fucking thing. She's, he's like, we, we for a ten, she, for a ten dollar yeah. bag of. Uh, he's like, he's like, I mean, we didn't let her take it. We we let her. We offered the her the opportunity to buy it, and she did. Oh, she did buy it. So that just shows you. So how, she had the money, but course. she didn't want to pay for it. Of course. Probably got to buy her drugs. And that makes it worse. That makes it worse. <laughs> now, nah, maybe I'm just profiling there if I'm no, saying no, she's no, just no, buying no. drugs. You know what? Humans <laughs> are, are, have evolved into recognizing patterns. That is one of the ways we've been so successful on this planet. We can look at a situation and inherently we predict in our minds what the most likely outcome will be. If you drive down a city street in the ghetto, your body's going to be telling you, hey, you should get the fuck out of here because there's nothing going to be good happening right now, right? Right. You turn a corner down a dark alleyway and there's two thugs down there, your body's not going to say, yeah, yeah, keep walking. We're all good. Yeah, man, we can't wait to go home and watch some Rick and Morty. No, your body's thinking, you're about to get fucked up. Fight or flight. And the liberals think it's racist. What, to flight? Hey, look, to fight or flight, you're racist. Because guess what? If you flight, oh my God, you think they're going to fuck you up? Well, yeah, they probably fucking are. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Um, I don't do profiling as a profession, but I was robbed by two men in hoodies and guns, okay, and sunglasses on in the middle of the night in August in Georgia. And anybody knows Georgia is really hot in August in Georgia. So why are you wearing a hoodie at night? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't see him coming. Um, so Were you any, out on the street? No, I was in a building. 
I was in a building by myself, okay. and uh, you didn't see it coming. Um, in the lobby of a hotel. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, it it anytime I see anybody, no matter what they are, white, black, Cuban. <laughs> gotta watch out for those Cubans. Put Cuban in there because they don't like to be called Spanish. Um, <laughs> Hispanic. But uh, uh, anytime I see you know anybody walking around with a hoodie on. In August, I get a little suspicious. As you should, as you should. You know, and, and, and not for nothing. I, I, you know, like when it's really cold, I'll wear a hoodie out to, you know, go to work or whatever. I'm gonna be outside for a while. Um, it's not the best. If you're gonna be a criminal, it really isn't the best thing to wear as a criminal. And I'll tell you why. Because it blocks your peripheral vision. Yeah. You can't tell what's coming up behind you. And nowadays, <laughs> you know, I think everybody feels that, Dave. If you're walking on a sidewalk, you see a guy with with this hood up, with both hands inside his front hoodie pocket. You're kind of like, what you got? Yeah, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just suspicious. I thought about walking into Ingalls in the middle of August. Like, why, a little place. With glasses on, with, just with, with a backpack. My sunglasses, my black mask, and, <laughs> and a backpack, and my uh, my hoodie on all pulled up. And like, pulled real tight around yeah, my yeah, face. Yeah. Like fucking, <laughs> like Kenny from South Park. <laughs> uh, let's see, what do you want to move on to? Let's, uh, what about this guy? You were talking about this guy. Uh, oh, what is this? Uh, yeah, so so. Stay. What is UW Medicine? What is that? University of Washington. Okay, University or of Wisconsin. 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 It doesn't. Uh, Washington. It's Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The- so 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 <laughs> we're pulling up another article, ladies and gentlemen. Let me read the title, Dave. Pull it up. University of Washington Medicine Center pulls heart transplant patient from list after refusing COVID vaccine. Now, uh, for those of you that are ignorant to the transplant list process. You have to go through every hoop in the book to get any type of organ transplant because they are so rare and so valuable. Uh, the, these hospitals want to make sure it's going to a good, you know, a good, healthy person that's going to you know, make some years out of it. So if you ever really had drug usage in the past, you're out. If you have any you know, like cirrhosis or other, other organ damage to where you're probably not going to live that much longer after, you're out. Things like that. If you live a risky lifestyle, you're out, which I understand. You know, there are only so many fucking hearts to give out, right? Um, so this guy made it onto the list and was on the list for quite a while. For He was on the list for two and a half years. And that they find, they say, hey, you're, you're, uh, you're up. You're up to the, to the batter's plate. Let's get this going. Because this is how this works. You know, you go on the list and then you go on about your life. This, I don't know if, does it say what he had? Did he have heart failure? Liver. He was up for a liver transplant right there. Said so, uh, he had it was vaccine was mandatory before he can get. No, no, uh, that was a different one. Is it? Yeah, that was a different one. Oh God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, what? There's more than one. Y- yes. <laughs> so, so anywho, uh, the, you know, the, the hospital says, "Hey, man, you're up to the batter's plate. Let's let's go." It's like holy shit. You know, everything stops. You tell your boss, "Oh my God, I got it." And oh my God, good luck. You go there and they say, "Just just before we begin, you got that COVID shot, right?" No, no, I didn't want it. I see a lawsuit in the future. Sorry, bud. Hey, go enjoy your um, your fucking heart failure. Enjoy not being able to sleep at night. I see a heart. uh, um, I see a lawsuit in the future here. And you know, enough of nothing. Because I'm just kind of reading down here. You know what it says right here. But um, whatever happened to uh, my body, my choice? If they're gonna make people get the vaccine and they need to get rid of abortion, I agree. They make it legal across the land because that's the way it needs to be. You know, because now you're saying that you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. I don't understand it. It's all, it's all very psychotic mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And it's, it's made people crazy, man. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, what it's done, you know, there's, there's always obviously been a clear line, uh, a delineation between um, liberals and, the, and more conservative individuals. And this has just drawn not only a line in the sand, but a fucking trough. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think we're ever even going to get remotely along with the other side ever again, because it's just, this shit has been going on at this point, years at this point, years it has been over a year and it has just, we have every American has been bombarded with this narrative of, Hey, you're on this team. Those of those people that don't believe you're on the other team, they're your enemies. You don't ever get along with them get ready to fight them at any, at any opportunity you have. And that's how they're controlling us is if you don't have an enemy, you have nothing. And the media and the government knows this. Well, they're really good at fucking making it I, for everybody. You know, I'm, I'm in the middle. I, I, I love everybody. Kyle. 
I, everybody is my friend and I want to love on all of them. Um, I got some friends who are left leaning Democrat types and this is why I'm not on Facebook anymore. Cause that's, I don't, That's I don't, I don't I think don't, anybody should be. On I don't Facebook. really care to listen to their stuff, but you know, I can go to, I can go and party with them and I've been friends with them for, you know, 20 years, 25 years. But it's so funny that, um, when Trump got elected, they all, whoa, they all freaked out and they were asking about how to move to Canada and all this shit and all these things. They were, it just went on and on and on and on. They, they really haven't, uh, now that they voted for Biden, they haven't like gone out and said, you know, boy, he's doing a really great job. Yeah. They just kind of <laughs> shut their mouths. They like, just kind of, they kind of shut up. And, and there was actually a report, I don't have it with me, but it was a report that uh, a lot of people are quite dissatisfied with him, even on his side of the team. As they should be. And, you know, I think, you know, going just real quick, going back and you're talking about this, I think uh, with um, his, you know, his approval ratings. Uh, some of his some of his people, you know, like uh, some of these generals and stuff, I think they're going to start throwing him under the bus. Yeah, yeah. But they should have had the ball to say, no, Mr. President, this isn't going to work. Well, uh, well, you know, this, this past week was really telling when, when the mainstream media was, you know, not giving him a foot of leverage or leeway on the questions about Afghanistan shit. That was I think that's going to be a turning point. If you've ever tried to, um, you know, like I, I deal with a lot of different people every day and I have to change my personality to sort of fit their personality sure. so we can communicate. Cause I don't really know these people. I'm meeting them for the first time or whatever. Um, it's exhausting. It's exhausting flip flopping from who I actually am to trying to fit. I try to fit in with, with who they are so we can get done with what we need to get done sure. just to make them happy and make myself happy. And I, the news media, man, they, they must be exhausted of covering up all the, I mean, how could they not see that the guy, he's a complete potato head. I mean, there's nothing going on. You know, it's like the, the engine's running, but nobody's at the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully, hopefully the new firmware update, they're going to update with Joey B <laughs> up at Camp David. Hopefully that's going to solve some of the issues. What, version 3.0. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I have a question. Yeah. Where the fuck is Kamala? Oh, she's, uh, she's, have, she's over have, in Vietnam. We haven't heard much from her about this whole thing, have we? Apparently somebody... Uh, Isn't she supposed to be number two? Yeah, there was a report uh, that's, that she was screaming in her office that they're not going to blame this shit on me. <laughs> no, you're right, bitch. The only thing we're going to blame on you is arresting poor, innocent black males for just a little bit of she's, weed in their pocket, uh, you fucking cunt. She's hidden away, and uh, apparently she left for a flight, which is kind of funny. She left for a flight for Vietnam. Don't know what she's doing over there. Maybe she's having some noodles or something. But um, I did think that uh, that's that pick of the what is it a Hunuk a Chinook that that uh, helicopter thing leaving the embassy? It was like compared oh, that, to that Saigon, big ass helicopter. Yeah, I think it's called yeah. A Chinook. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's that, that big double rotor helicopter yes, yes, thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a big old thing. Uh, you know, it, I thought about this, and I got to show you this because it's this is this is way off topic. But um, uh, 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 what the hell is the name of that? There's a there's a bomb and oh oh um, Moab mother of all bombs. Uh, this is a great. What's a you daisy know, cutter? Yeah, I want to show you here in a minute. <laughs> this blue eighty two sounds like a football player. Yes, it's it's it's. We were using them. We used to, we started using them in Vietnam. Okay, and what they would be used for? They had the C one thirty aircraft back then. But basically, C one thirty is like a C seventeen, but uh, it's you know I, I think it might, I think a C seventeen is bigger. But whatever. I digress here on that. Um, the C-130 was a prop plane, I do believe. Okay. And basically, you see this thing over here, this bomb? It's about the size of a, like a Volkswagen Beetle, okay? Wow. And it's got this little thing right here, right? That's the detonator. And, and, it, and it, <laughs> it's, it, it has a lot of um, uh, uh, like a liquid gel explosive in it. Oh, that okay. creates, a, a a, creates a lot of fire. Okay. And what they would do in Vietnam is they would fly their aircraft i mean i'm, I'm simplifying this because i'm sure there is some you know planning out when we have to drop it when you know to get it where they want it sure. but it's basically two guys in the back of this cargo plane and they push it out the back <laughs> yeah yeah they push it out the back and when All right, it, guys push it and when it lands it looks like that wow it, and and you know what's so funny is is uh, we use these um we used them in uh vietnam of course in in in, uh, in kuwait too we used them in kuwait for something and but what they would do is they would clear out areas so the helicopters could land and get people out. Oh, okay. They were they made landing zones. But in Kuwait, the first time we were in, in the early 90s, they used these. And apparently um, a couple of uh, British military saw it. And they didn't know what the hell it was. And they said, holy cow, the... the these American blokes are dropping nuclear bombs because that's what they look that's like. That's what they, it they, looks they, like. <laughs> wow. creates a big ball of fire. 
Now, interestingly, in Afghanistan, what they were using them for, and this is, this is really sick, they were dropping them at the entrances to the caves, and what it would do is it would explode in the fire, and not only burn anything at the beginning of the cave, but would suck all the oxygen out of sure, the cave, that's what killing happens. anybody in there. Yeah, that's what happens. It's brilliant. I think we should drop more of these things. Could you imagine? All right, we're gonna go drop a. Hey, you a see that picture killer. of that plane right there? Yeah. What kind? Do you know what kind of? Is that like? That's a. Uh, what, what's the actual? That's a C. That's a C one thirty. That's a C one thirty. Yeah. Well, check this shit out. Yeah. See, it's yes, see, yes, it's, yes, it's yes, a yes. it's a prop plane. It's an older it's an older cargo plane. Check this plane. out. I was I was up uh, at my at my old college. There was like a kind of like a tall building. That's where they had a lot of study rooms. The mm-hmm. library was in there. They had the the dining hall, things like that. Well, I used to like to go up to the top to study because it was usually the quietest quietest place on campus. You got a beautiful view of everything. And it was it, my, my old college was in the mountains. And I'm studying one day and I'm listening to some bullshit, some music. And I start to feel the desk. Was it one of these? Like, what the fuck? Take my earbuds off. I turn around. There, it, that plane fucking exactly, I guess, guess a C, C-130 yeah. was fucking flying. And I'm like, holy shit. Everything was shaking. It was so loud. I'm like, what the fuck? And I Googled, apparently there's a fucking army air base close by. That's, uh, yeah, that's the old, uh, my dad used to work on these. It was he, incredible. He worked on prop, uh, the, the prop planes. For, it, fe- it, the it felt like a government stuff. was like invading. I was like, holy shit, but <laughs> it's do, happening. Do you see it coming out right here? You yeah, see it? it it's, on, it's on like a look pallet. Look how big that is. Because that plane is well, fucking huge. You know the size of what a Volkswagen looks yeah. like, right? Like an old Beetle? Yeah. That's about the size of it's it. And, and you see the little pallet? Well, the pallet has a, has a, a little a little parachute and it pulls away and then it's parachute drops. So it drops straight down with that thing. And as soon as before it even actually hits the ground, whatever that is, I don't know how long that thing is like six, seven feet, I guess it hits. And then it, and that's what you get. And this was the, this is actually, I looked at the picture up. It's the, uh, the last detonation of it. They did that in the New Mexico proving ground somewhere. Wow. Yeah. That was the last one. They, I guess they don't have them. They don't make them anymore. We should. Yeah. They, I, I was reading the article. <laughs> they retired it for the MOB, the mother of all bombs. Mother of all bombs. I don't think we've actually used the MOB in warfare yet. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I always thought it was, they call it, they called it the daisy cutter. Cause I guess, you know, in Vietnam, they cleared out. Wow. But yeah, I never knew it was the, called the BLU Blue 82. Okay, this shit's got me fucking depressed. Can we talk about something that's not yeah. fucking depressing? Can we talk about... Uh, you like expensive guitars? You want to talk about Les Paul's own personal number one guitar? For those of you who don't know, so, you know, there's... <laughs> It'll make you happy. There, there's like two brands of gu- main guitars, like that everybody knows. The, the, the Fender Stratocaster, Fender Telecaster, and the Gibson Les Paul, Gibson SG, right? Everybody's known of those, knows of those guitars, even if they don't play guitar. Well, Fender was interesting because Leo Fender, the guy that founded it, he never played guitar. He was just like an electrical engineer. He liked to oh. tinker and wire. He never played. I didn't know that. So, so what he would do, he would make these instruments for, for you know, essentially country and jazz artists that needed to be amplified over drums and shit. Yeah. They'd give the instrument, say, hey, change this, change this. And then, you know, over 50 years, you got a great instrument. That's how that worked. Well, Gibson was a little different. Uh, Les Paul was an actual guitar player, and he was incredible. We do we have a clip of him playing? Yes. This is actually so we have the Gibson Les Paul. That's technically a signature model if you think about. Solo. Get it, Les. His hair looks great, by the way. Look how classy he is. He's doing it in a suit and tie. <laughs> With a pocket square. <laughs> I kind of want to go home and learn this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you see the, see the double? Um, Explain what you're saying. Th- yeah, this, this double uh, reel-to-reel. These were two-track reel-to-reels, kind of like what's behind you there in my dad's old reel-to-reel. These are two-track reel-to-reels. And the way he did this song, if I remember correctly, is they laid down. You hear her voice. Her voice is real. There's like multiples of her voice. Almost like a chorus it's, effect. It's all her. It's all her. Over, and what he would do is he'd record on one reel. 
they'd play it back. He'd play and do his thing. He'd have like the rhythm section or whatever and the drums or whatever, whatever instruments are on there on the first stereo track. Then they would play it and record it and play live because they didn't have multi-track recording back then. Yeah. They would play live and um, uh, he would record another track over top of that then take that track put it back to the other one and then play again and be recording over top of that. So that's how he was multi-layering. Wow. Cause he only had like two channels yeah, or probably yeah. hell back then. He probably only had mono, you know? And so he would play what he could and then they would play that back and what, what played back and she would sing. And that's why that voice sounds that way. And that's wow. all her. There's nobody else singing on that. It's Mary Ford. So it's just, um, yeah, it's just multi-track. It's just multi, it's multi-tracking, but with mono, <laughs> but a very, very, <laughs> you had to get it right. Yeah. You had to get the first track set of tracks, right. Then you had to get the second set of tracks, right. You, you, you Can you had, imagine if you fucked up? You had to start. Everyone all, was like, God damn it. You'd have to start all over. Yeah. yeah. You'd have to rewind and start all over. It, 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 it must have been a fucking nightmare. We should try recording on that thing. Oh, yeah, that actually has. See, that's advanced. That one that's behind uh, behind you there. It's got um. It's a stereo, okay. but it's also has sound on sound. So and it has um tape delay built into it. Really? Yeah. It actual analog. Actual tape delay. analog tape delay you can set on it. But the sound on sound, the way that works is you could go back, record two tracks, do the sound on sound. It basically turns. I think turns the erase head off. So you're hearing back kind of like what he's doing here and you could go back and overdub over top of the two tracks you've already recorded. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. It, and, 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 and you know, it's funny. It has a handle on it and it has two sets of speakers that go on like a lid. It's supposed to be uh, uh, portable, portable, but it, but <laughs> this, it weighs like 65 pounds. Thing, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it looks it's all, like a fucking huge old vintage toaster oven. It's all wood and stainless steel. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, the re the reason we brought the, brought all this stuff up, um, Les Paul's actual player. He ever played it. Gibson Les Paul, obviously. And his number one electric guitar that was actually being played in this uh, clip that we showed you uh, is going up for auction. Yeah. And what's the pre-sale estimate? They say a hundred to hundred and fifty thousand. That's it. That sounds low. That's though. No, that's some. I'd somebody pay. messed up. Yeah. Uh, you sure that's not supposed to be a million to one point five million? That just seems low. It's a beautiful guitar. It's a beautiful gold top with two P90 uh, pickups, vanilla vanilla pig guard with. It looks like a very rudimentary Bigsby tremolo system. Yeah. Um, wow, look at that. It has three knobs. Yep. You Traditionally, Les Pauls have four. What is that? What is that little I think thing that's right a, there? I think that's an input jack. Because I, I see but an input jack. I know. I see it looks one like on there's the, one here, but not one. But that, looks like, that looks like he has a secondary can one. Can I Maybe, open this in a new tab and see do. it bigger? Where is it at? To the left, to the left. Oh. No, no, to the right. <laughs> Where, there, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Can I zoom in? That 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 is an input jack. Has but there's input. one down here. May, he may be running it stereo. Maybe each pickup to a different amp. Oh. He was the original gearhead. <laughs> That's probably so he can multi-track. Yeah, doing what he was doing. doing he could, he he could was have doing. basically two guitar sounds. Look at that. It's a beautiful guitar. Yeah. And and it's 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 impressive. Uh, you know, huge uh, compliment to like contemporary les pauls they look very similar yeah they did they they said they got this, the shape they got the style they said let's keep that they, there's no body cut on the back of the this guitar. looks a little more rounded and bulbous the bottom end of it here that's how i like my ladies yeah you know what i'm saying it, it's it's you see it's more you know you look at you look at a regular les paul les paul looks a little bit different let me see here um for sale if you look at the image it do you see how it, it they just looked a little, I don't know, his looks, obviously it wasn't refined, I yeah, guess. His yeah. wasn't as, but, as but, 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 you know, it, it looks a, similar. It looks yeah. very similar. Yeah. Interesting. Pretty much. Gets a little switch guitars. up there. Sounds incredible. For rhythm and solo, rhythm and solo. I hate the solo part. I always wanted to disconnect that from your dad's guitars. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, that's Les Paul. I, I can't believe it's only going to go for. No, it's going to go for a lot more. It's got to go that. for more to. than that. And hey, what is it? How? Okay, I get if you're an engineer, you can you can create anything if you're an engineer. Mm -hmm. But how can you be an engineer of an instrument and not be able to play it? That's what I don't I don't quite understand. Yeah, that. I don't know. You know, like you said, Fender, right? Yeah, you yeah, Leo play. Fender. Because you got to be able to try the damn thing out. How sure. do you know it's gonna gonna work? Well, what he what he would do, he would build these prototypes, give them to these players. They'd go play, you know, the whole weekend or the whole week and bring it back and say, hey, uh, he'd say, yeah. hey, I need this body. So so originally guitars this doesn't work. I they like were this. just the bodies of the guitars were just unrefined essentially planks of wood that were just painted to protect the wood and then people came back and said hey my arm's going to sleep because of all these rough corners on top and that's when they put in body cuts and shit like that they said hey this shit's really heavy can we make it thinner and maybe uh you know 
route out some cavities and shit. It was just just trial and error, just over you know years and years. And interesting thing about Leo Fender, if people don't know, he sold Fender to CBS in 1965. So. Old fenders are really expensive, especially the ones that were made before 1965. Because CBS came in and commercialized it and CBS. ruined the CBS. You're talking like the news? Correct. The, the Correct. TV station? Correct. Really? Correct. I didn't know that. And what Leo Fender did then, he made Music Man. Oh, oh yeah, I know Music Man. You know who yeah, Music yeah, Man yeah, yeah, is. Yeah yeah, 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 everybody does. Music Man has done an excellent job the past uh, five years of really capturing a huge part of the guitar and bass market share. Fender and Gibson have really been lacking on new products and innovation, and Ernie Ball has just stepped in and said, okay, we'll, t- we'll take this huge cut of fucking market share. They have been doing great. And uh, furthermore, yeah, yeah, so anyway, before I get off on a tangent, uh, Leo Fender started Music Man, sold it to Ernie Ball in the 80s. Huh. That's why it's Ernie Ball Music Man now. If you look up vintage uh, Music Man, it just mm-hmm. says Music Man because that was the brand. I gotcha. And okay. then Leo Fenders, if it, ladies and gentlemen, if you want a modern day quote unquote purebred Leo Fender instrument, look into GNL. GNL stands for George Fullerton and Leo Fender. George Fullerton uh, was basically the the money behind GNL, and Leo Fender was basically the designer of the instruments. Uh, it was his last company before he died in the nineties. Uh, they're they're still family owned and operated. Uh, his wife Phyllis Fender. Um, was involved with the company until she passed away. Uh, incredible instruments. And you, you can really notice if you look at, you know, the quintessential, I'm a bass player. So like, you know, the P bass and the jazz bass from Fender, you can see how it evolved into the Stingray in Music Man. And you can see how that evolved into the L2000 bass uh, in GNL. The, you, can just, you can just tell the DNA and the lineage uh, the, has evolved. Good, yeah. Because I've played old Fenders. I've played Music I have, I have I have a modern day Fender. I have a few of them. I have a modern day music man. I have a modern day GNL and they're all connected in a weird way. Well, I was just reading here. Cause I told you before we started that planet song that, um, uh, I think, uh, Mary Ford was his wife and she was really, okay. Yeah. In the 1950s, he and his wife, singer and guitar, she played guitar too. Wow. Mary Ford sold millions of copies of the records, including their number one hit, How High the Moon. How High the Moon. Only reason I know that song, and only for my first introduction to it, was from the movie Goodfellas and Casino. I think it might have been Casino. Oh, is that in that? Yeah. They, really? I, I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who did those two movies. He used, Scorsese? Yeah, he pretty much used that song. I think it was, I think it was Casino that they used to do. Great movie. But anyway, so... Anything else you'd like to talk about today, Kyle? Yeah, I, I think we've solved uh, all the world's problems. Uh, we've solved once the world's again. Problem. Once again, we've solved. We we got. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's our mission in life. We do it well, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for so much for listening, and we'll have another episode next week. See ya.